0: You're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Last week, uh, three weeks ago, we started talking about how we want to know God. Two weeks ago, we discussed finding freedom. This is the vision of our church. Last week we talked about discovering God's purpose on our life, and today I'm going to talk about the super emotional for me, Uh, making a difference. Anyways, the scripture would read this in Matthew chapter 28, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came and told them, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, that I am with you always. Even to the ends of the age. Let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. You can have a seat. Woo, man. I asked today that we turn off the lights. Um, it's, I've got a few cool illustrations for you guys today. Um, I think they're cool. Uh, they may not be. They may bomb. Uh, but, and this one may be the most awkward of them all. Uh, I need a, a volunteer. Someone, someone uh, willing to volunteer for me. Uh, Scott Carroll, come on over. Man. You, you, the price is right. <laughs> Scott, we're going to start right here, and uh, you're going to end right here today. Um, go ahead on the other side of that line. As they would say, on your mark, get set, go. Right? No. Um, no, go. Um, go. I'm going to hand you this baton, and when I do that, I'm going to have you just do a lap around this room, Walking. Walking and walking slowly, I'm going to ask you to pray about the Great Commission in your life for this church, for the nations, how God would give you a burden uh, for the gospel of Jesus, and for those that don't know Christ as their Savior. And when you get back to this point, someone here is going to have heard the call to meet you right here and take the baton. And identify the call of God, which the vision of our church is to go and make disciples, right? The Bible doesn't say to go to make Christians. He says to go and make disciples and to teach them to obey the scriptures. He says, But there's a big difference in the world that we live in because the majority of Americans believe that they're Christians. But as we look at America today, right? And so what we're doing is trying to teach people to learn to surrender their lives to the call of Jesus. To submit to his lordship. Not just that they need a Savior, but that they need a Lord. And so uh, we're asking that you would find the burden. And as soon as that person hands this off, then someone else, we believe in this room, will meet that person right here. This is a weird illustration, but I'm counting on the commissioning that is assigned to all of our lives to make this illustration work to the end of the service. Does that make sense to all y'all? Yes. Scott, I'm going to ask you to walk slowly with the gospel just do a nice little lap. I, I prayed and did it myself, and it took exactly one minute to walk around this room. We'll see how that goes. When Jesus um, and the Great Commission, you can go a little faster than that, but that'll, that'll, that'll be about <laughs> 85 minutes here. Uh, when, uh, when Jesus commissioned the disciples, I love that they all came to worship. Some doubt it. It was interesting that he didn't address their doubting. He just told them to go. Because there's things in our life that if we wait until we're where we want to be spiritually, you'll never go. And sometimes you've got to look past yourself if you are going to figure out what has God assigned you to do in this world. And so I, I'm telling you today that the Lord has given you an assignment to go into all the world. Now this Great Commission, Charles Spurgeon said that the Great Commission is not the Great Suggestion speaking to those who are in Christ, you need to know that he isn't suggesting that you go with the gospel of Jesus. Your Lord is telling you that the purpose now of your life is to make sure that we rob hell of souls and we populate heaven. And there's nothing I have found more important on this earth than to make sure that I make disciples of Jesus. And I want to make sure that you know your assignment. To go with the gospel of Jesus. Go without the ability to do great things. Go without the ability of having great speech. Go without degrees. Going without an education. Just go as you are and share the good news. What is the good news? Do you know your good news? I love it. I've found when I share the gospel of Jesus, I generally only have one to three sentences that people give me. Do you know what you'd say? This year, we realized during the Super Bowl, a 30-second commercial cost $7 million. $7 million for Coca-Cola to tell you that this tastes great, that Doritos is still wonderful. I don't know what it is, but I want you to recognize that you have a message that you want to get across to a stranger, to a neighbor, to your sister, to your parents. What is the great commission and the good news to you? What is he commissioning us to say? My life gets summed down to this. God loves me. He loves you. He's not given up on you yet. And I love about this assignment that he is putting on our lives. I want you in the next several weeks over the next months, as you come to church, bring your Bibles with you guys. Uh, It's important as you grow in love for Jesus that you grow in love with Scripture. This is how we know him. This is the number one way that God speaks to his church. I'm reading the book of Matthew in my own life right now, and I'm, I, I'm just reading, 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 and so I'm going to read all these verses today from the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus would say this. He's talking to more than 5,000 people on the Sermon on the Mountain. It's one of the greatest sermons, speeches to ever be made. And he's addressing all kinds of people. Some people love him. Some people don't even like him a little bit. And he says to all the people, not to the elite, that you are the light of the world. I think about that. He says, you are the light of the world a city on a hilltop cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Think about that. He said that you are the light of the world to everyone. To everyone in the room, your life is powerful where would we be without the sun we would if if, if the sun was consumed today we would perish in moments your life is significant I asked for the lights to be turned off because I think about what's happening in America today a hopelessness that is spreading, a darkness that is spreading. There is a, 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 a filth that is happening on the earth today. I love it. And uh, I mean, I just think about some of the darkness that's, that's growing like weird, crazy thoughts, like gender confusion. What are we even talking about? It doesn't even make sense. But we have like whole states adopting this this thought. The world is getting darker. But Jesus said that you are the light of the world. I want to, to compel you to make a difference for Jesus. Will, would you just turn the lights on for a second? I just want you to know that your life exposes everything in this room. Your life was designed to make... A difference. Now that difference is going to look different for you than it does for me. Jesus, in the Gospel of Matthew, he said it this way: In Mark, Matthew chapter twenty, verse twenty-eight, for even so the Son of Man did not come to be served, but I came to serve others and to give my life as a ransom. What is the purpose of your life? And if you haven't yet recognized the assignment on your life to go with the gospel then what you are doing is you are still in a consumer mindset and everyone that i know that is in a consumer mindset with their life is bound by all kinds of addiction when your life is about you you don't understand the purpose of love marriages don't work when they're stuck in a me first mindset it has to become about how do i make how do i make this marriage better For God did not so loved the world that he gave. Love is about generosity. Love is about giving. Love is about giving back. And if you haven't yet gotten to a place where you recognize that the purpose of your life is to give. I love when I see a generous church. When I see generous people. Those are people we want to be around. Your life is marked with the purpose to give. And I don't know if you have figured out the purpose of your life yet, but it is not about you. There's nothing worse than a church filled with consumers. Welcome to the Wake Community Church. You are welcome to come as long as you want, but I'm, pro- I, I'm begging you to learn that now your life is called to serve, it's to give back. And the more that you begin to give back, the more you realize there is something special. When the first time you learn to give financially, and you realize that it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's why I, my birthday always makes me so uncomfortable. People are like, I have this thing for you. And I'm like, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't get the memo. I don't have anything for you today. I, 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 our life is about giving. Go with the gospel of Jesus. I think about going in my life. And I think about some verses. And I shared this verse with you last week. Nope, uh, more about consumerism. If you haven't yet heard the assignment on your life to go with the gospel, what begins to happen is you become religious. Jesus addressed religious people more than anyone in scripture. As you become inundate it with me, 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 me. And then you become judgy, judgy, judgy rather than helping and loving. They say that the Dead Sea is one of the worst places in the world because the river only flows into it. It doesn't flow out of it. And so the gospel was meant to come upon you and then go through you. Out of your belly will flow rivers of life. We want the gospel of Jesus to go through you. And what I've seen is that there are many disciples of Jesus that come to church that love the Lord, but they haven't yet heard the assignment. Today, I'm commissioning everyone in this room to go with the gospel of Jesus. We're going to lay hands on everyone in this room today. Some of you, it's been a long time since your heart was moved with compassion for anyone other than yourself. I want my heart to break for what breaks God's heart. How do I know God's heart broke? because God so loved the world that he gave his son what is it that a world is getting darker and darker and darker yet we are not giving more and more and more when you find your life giving I promise you will find your life being filled more and more and more the things you're learning about Jesus wasn't meant for you to just learn on your own it was meant for you to learn to give your life away and as you begin teaching others what you're learning, you'll find yourself growing more and more and more and more. I love the old illustration that I, I've shared with you multiple times. Of they, uh, they said there was a, um, a, the piano teacher who uh, was giving old piano lessons to an old lady. And she was maybe in her 80s, and she came and she um, took a lesson out to be instructed piano. And the gentleman came to her house to teach her piano. And, th- and he said, we'll come back next week and I'll teach you more. And he came back to her house one week later and there were some people leaving her house at the time that he showed up and he said, what were they here for? And she said, piano lessons. And he thought, you're getting more piano lessons from other people? That's cool. And she said, no, I'm teaching piano lessons. Well, what are you going to possibly teach? What you taught me last week. So let's get started. And I'll tell you, that lady who is now teaching piano lessons is gonna have that down. Because there is something that is meant as the things that God is teaching you things, you're designed to teach other people. You don't have to be good. Your pastor is is not that good at what I do, you know? And what I'm so thankful is because I'm teaching, I need the Lord to teach me more. But I need you to catch the burden. Jesus, in Matthew chapter nine, He was looking upon the crowds of people. He was looking upon Israel. He was looking on the U.S., and he was seeing the masses of people, and it broke his heart. And as you see darkness in the world that we live in, I pray that it breaks your heart. I pray that you go from looking down on people to caring. If you want to become like Jesus... And I want you to learn the gift of compassion. Jesus had the gift of compassion. Let me show you in scripture Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Do you see a confused and helpless generation that we live in right now? He said they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he said to his disciples, Guys, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him that he might raise up leaders. He would raise up, send more workers into the fields. One of the best illustrations that I have of the harvest I learned when I was in Nicaragua a few years ago. Now, one of my friends from Nicaragua moved here. Thank you, bro. I love you, man. And uh, so we, we, we started church planting in, in Nicaragua a few years ago. And we went up to the farms where we church plant at. And uh, there's coffee farms up there. Beautiful, wonderful, glorious coffee farms. And uh, Pastor Pablo would tell me the illustra- one of the coolest illustrations I've ever seen about the harvest. And he would talk about how it takes, uh, they, they would, they would uh, mow these fields down And it would take them several years before the coffee plant would be able to grow back to a point where it can harvest a plant, some four to seven years. And in that seven years' time, once it now began harvesting, they had to go into every village nearby and beg people to come to pick the bean. And they would find as many workers as they can to harvest the crop. Because they said that if they don't harvest the crop off of the plant then the plant will die. And so they had to make sure that there was enough workers in the field so that the plant the, the the vines didn't didn't die. Because those now plants had to harvest for 7 years. And if it died this year then they would have to wait many more years before that they could even have another harvest. Church, what's happening in America? is that we're not sending harvesters into the field, and we're seeing within us a cancer that is growing in the U.S., but there is a harvest that's out there, but we don't see it. The book of Isaiah, chapter 6, one of the most remarkable things in all of Scripture, the heart of the Father would, would speak... And Isaiah would hear it and he said, I heard the Lord asking, Whom would I send as a messenger to this people and who will go for us? Church, can you hear the problem that the Lord has? He came and he sent his son. And now he's calling his people and he's saying, Who will go for me? Who will go next? Who will go to Geico? Who will go to Walmart? Who will go to the olive garden today and share with their waitress? Who will share with them the gospel of the good news? And some people here would say, yeah, but I'm not an evangelist, Pastor Tim. I pray you hear the call of the Lord. If nothing else, I pray you learn to hear the voice of the Lord. I want to go, Lord, send me. You say, but I'm not not an evangelist. I'm not as good as you promise you don't have I could never reach the people that God's calling you to reach so many people would never step foot in a church they don't believe pastors they don't believe religious people but they'll believe you because they know you and they see the way you live your life the places God's calling you to is not the places he's calling me to you don't need to be educated you don't need to be good enough But you do have to hear the Lord's voice to say, who will go? Will you go? Will you go? Will you go? And some people say, I don't know what I'd say. Perfect, now we got you dumb enough to be used by God. And I promise, that's the whole point. He doesn't need talent or wisdom. The scripture says that he wants to use foolishness to confound the wise. He he wants to use those that are not good enough. That's why he picked the disciples that he picked. Otherwise, he would have picked the super religious people. If you don't know what you'd say, it's perfect. He's gonna put one sentence in your mouth start there. Start with not knowing what to say, but see the need. Open your eyes and see the need. See the need. See the need. Who will go for me? And the reason why we're doing this weird illustration with this baton is because I want to teach you the awkwardness of feeling the tension of who will go next. The tension that you feel in this room, as many of you are distracted from what I'm even talking about today, as you're looking at who's going to go next. You. You're called, but I'm going to look dumb. Yeah. He's saying I'm going to send you out sheep amongst wolves. This ain't going to you may it may not even go well for you. In fact, Jesus promised a prophetic word over his sheep that you'll be rejected for the gospel. This isn't about them liking you. This isn't about you being cool or famous. This isn't about you being great. This is about you being the least of these. Will you go for me? Because I'm glad that you understand that Jesus is Lord. And I'm glad that you recognize that you're in need of a Savior. But if you don't recognize the assignment of God on your life to go with the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will not grow anymore. Your growth is capped at your ability to say, Yes, Lord, you can do this through my life. I will surrender my life. I will surrender my pride. I will surrender my finances. I will surrender my my ability to communicate. And I will tell that person, "Ah, whatever you put in my mouth. And I have learned in the most powerful moments of my life, when Jesus sends me with the gospel, he doesn't send me with any awesome doctrine. He just sends me with, do you know that the Lord is not going to give up on you? Do you know that he still cares? Do you know that God is faithful? Do you know that what he's done for me, he can do for you? Do you know that Jesus can still heal? Do you know that he can still cleanse? Do you know that we can still have relationship with God? Jesus liked to ask questions. So sometimes rather than making a statement... I found it really powerful to ask people questions. It brings them into a conversation. I want to know, God, what burdens you. I want my heart to break for what your heart breaks for. For the sake of time, I'm going to try to start closing this thing. We'll see how that works. I don't know who's coming. Matt, are you coming? what is the good news I don't know Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 61 it's one of my favorite verses I, I like to pray it over myself as often as I can especially when I'm in seasons of my life where I don't know what God is doing in my life you ever been there where are my God what's going on now family's upside down, or things are going on, like things don't make sense. Everyone who is great in Scripture went through difficult moments, and then God steps in. But in the midst of your craziness that's going on in your life, understand who you are. Isaiah 61 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim to the captives that we'll be released and the prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against his enemies. um, I've learned that there's a lot of people here who feel like they're not good at saying stuff. Cool. But you are good at saying things that you love. Watch this. This week, it's my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. At some point this week, I'm going to have a wonderful ribeye steak. You want to know why? Because real men like steak. <laughs> we have a tradition in our house, whoever's birthday it is, wakes up to a birthday dinner. And so for my birthday, I'm going to have a quarter pound of bacon. Because you either like bacon or you're wrong. Isn't that right, Ted Church? I like certain things. And when your heart awakens to the reality that God is good and you love him, you learn to talk about him because you love him. You're not going to start off being able to describe all the glorious things about a ribeye steak and all the wonderful ways to make a ribeye. The best way, by the way, is to sear it on both sides and then, okay, uh, just... I um, I have good news to share and so do you. And you can talk about things that you love with people who don't even love them. You can talk about music, sports, shoes, cars. If you love the Lord, let others know the goodness that he's done in your life. Now this is only possible Jesus gave the great commission and he told the disciples to go and one of my favorite things that I learned first about Jesus is that two thirds of the word God is go <laughs> you just gotta go today tell someone that Jesus loves you what you'll see is it's like a river that starts flowing in your life after he told the disciples to go, it takes us to the book of Acts, what happened next. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 1. There's this thing that happens in all these believers. These believers, Jesus is, he's died and uh, he's resurrected and he's standing in front of these people and they just still don't get it. Their life is still about their own, but watch this. He said this to them, verse 4. Once he was eating with them, he commanded, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised, as I told you about. I want you all to know that the Lord has a promise for you. That promise is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's already at work in all of your lives. He's the reason why you're here today. And if you believe that Jesus is Lord, then the Holy Spirit's already living inside of you. But what is important that you know is that all of you should be baptized in the Holy Spirit, not once 35 years ago, often, all the time. Because when you begin to be filled with the glory of God, you begin to think like God. Paul said it this way, I am crucified with Christ. It's not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God. If you're going to love the way Jesus loved, you're a selfish person. I'm a selfish person. The only thing good in me is God. And the further I spend away from the Lord, the more Tim Broughton comes out. And y'all don't like Tim Broughton a whole lot. You, you like God in me. You don't like Jesus. You, you, you do like Jesus. i sorry. <laughs> he says, I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit. He said, John baptized you with water, but in just a few days, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So then the apostles who were with Jesus said, Lord, is it at this time that you're going to free Israel? Is it at this time that you're going to fix America? And he said, um, no, the Father alone has the authority to set the dates and the times of those. uh, They are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. I don't know where you're at. But it's our desire and our vision to make disciples. We want people to know God, to find freedom, to discover their purpose, and to go and make a difference. And you are not going to make a difference in this world for eternity unless the Holy Spirit is living in you. I close with this thought. You can do a lot of cool things in this world. Some of you may even be as awesome as to discover the cure to cancer. And how wonderful would that be? You could save millions of people, maybe billions. I'm not trying to be heartless. I have a lot of friends that have passed from from the ugliness of cancer. But I would say to you today what's more important, affecting people's life now or changing someone's life for an eternity? I love that there's a new gladiator movie coming out here soon and I always love the, the quote that he, a good old magnet said, men, what we do in life, come on Chris Walker, echoes in eternity. You can do a lot of great things in this world but what matters is what will impact eternity. There's nothing more powerful than the name of Jesus. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Some of you are here today and you say, Pastor Tim, I, I, I don't think I'm right with the Lord. I know that there's some things I've been doing and saying that don't line up with what God wants me to do in my life. If you're here today and you know that your life is not right with the Lord and you want to make changes to serve the Lord permanently, if that's you, I wanna say a prayer for you right now. Would you raise your hand? God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you and God bless you. Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit changes their lives. Changes the way they think, changes what they believe, changes who they are. And you would wash them in the precious blood of Jesus. And you forgive their sins. And you would make them brand new by the power of your Holy Spirit. To everyone else in the room today, I'm gonna dismiss the service right now unless you here today recognize. You want to go with the gospel of Jesus. And you too need the power of the Holy Spirit. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and just come down to the altar right now. Awesome. 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 how will you know that God's calling you? It's that little feeling. Go. Go. That's what I heard first. Go, 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 go. Father, I'm gonna close this service and we're gonna go ahead and just enter into a time of prayer. For everyone here today that doesn't need ministry at this time, Father, I thank you for you moving in their life today. I thank you for the word of God and that it's speaking. I thank you, God, that you are calling us to a life of purpose, to effect eternity. I believe that you are real and that eternity exists. And I pray that my life lives like that. I speak a blessing over everyone in this room today that they would recognize that they are the light of the world and that their life would rebuke darkness bless them today. Y'all have a good day. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.